This is like the last thing you want to be doing when you feel sick. You're just talking about McFly whilst you're feeling sick. It's like a horrible fever dream. Like, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. To Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 237 of Sapnin Podcast, featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and I'm not into fashion, but I love the clothes our guest wears. Rumor has it he's got a tattoo by his underwear, but I don't care. I don't care. Eh. What do you mean he got tattooed by his... Well, his, he got tattooed by his pants. His pants can tattoo. Apparently. Everyone wants to know his name. I don't want to say his name now. You've spoiled it. You've spoiled it for <laughs> everyone. This week's guest is Douglas Pointer of the Mighty McFly, former guest and accidental leaker of uh, some McFly news he wasn't meant to leak on our little podcast that he thought nobody would listen to. Ha ha ha. What a chap. <laughs> but he's back, so hopefully he does it again. And the same thing just happens in us everywhere. But Galaxy Defenders, this is part three of our McFly mini-series as of late. And I can't believe they let Dougie back on. Not just because of all the trouble he got himself into when we started hmm. this podcast, but because of that fangirl restraining order they put on me. But oh, I, oh, I can't talk about that. Um, anyway... I'm not complaining, because <laughs> today hey. there's a lot of things to celebrate. It's the release of McFly's new album, Power to Play, full of 80s rock tones influences and going back to the emo nostalgia with one of our favorite and most wholesome humans coinciding it with the release. But before we get into all of that, Sean, personally, it's been quite no. a wild, emotional and noteworthy week. Uh, for us, you in particular, and I think we should um, talk about that a, a little bit, especially, you know, the fact that the Blackout played their first gig in eight years on Monday. Yes, yes, we did. I was wondering what you were talking about then. I thought <laughs> you, when you said, oh, it's been emotional, I thought he's talking about me losing my leather jacket, which I, uh, <laughs> I've just found but, but prior to us going live. I was fucking furious about it. Yeah, but was. yes, the Blackout came back Monday. We played a show in the Red House. 
What an absolutely amazing time had by everybody in the blackout. I can't talk for the audience, but from where I was and from the videos that have been circulating on all our social medias, um, it looked like the crowd were having a good time. So they're either <laughs> unbelievably brilliant crisis actor liars <laughs> or they had a good a time as we did, which was a brilliant time indeed. Thank you very much to everybody that came. If you managed to get a ticket, awesome. Thank you. It genuinely means the world to us. I explained a story um, Monday night that uh, 11.59 on the Friday it went on sale. Gavin Butler texted the band group and said, boys, I had a nightmare last night that we're going to struggle to sell this show. 12 o'clock when it went live, Reese replied going, oh, we should be all right. We had plenty of engagement on Instagram. <laughs> and then 12.01, I replied going, boys, it's sold out. Reese went, wait a I'll check now. And he'd had a look at the ticket. You'd reply going, there's no tickets. And I was like, that's what sold out means. <laughs> so we, yeah. So we were, I thought it would sell out because don't get back together. You can't do 200 tickets, isn't it? But it was fantastic. Uh, we had a great time. Um, our family and friends were there. Um, the Brass Bambies opened, who were a band from Merthyr Tidville, um, who I think everybody should check out for fans of Idols meets Slaves meets Gallows meets a bit of indie pop. I really like them. I, I think they could go very, very far, and you heard about them here first. The, it was the sixth ever gig as well. Wow. That's fucking mad. That's mad. That is mad, yeah. And then also we had our good friends in Fangs Out from Birmingham. They came and supported as well, and they sent me their new EP the other day that's coming out soon. There's some fucking great songs on there, but they got a song called Sabbath Town. They are officially the first people on earth to have made Birmingham sound cool, Ooh. especially in song form. Ooh. So I'm excited for other people to hear that. But yeah, Brass Bambi's fangs out supported the blackout, and then the blackout played, and yeah, we just had an amazing time, amazing, amazing time. It meant the world to me to see so many people I knew, um, not just from Earth, from all over the world. Three of the patrons came from Australia for it. Can't put into words how good it was. Like, I'm struggling and I'm just going to keep repeating myself over and over otherwise. But, um, <laughs> well, I, yeah, can, it, it was I can speak from the crowd's perspective and the love in that room was contagious. You all were so happy, the smiles on your faces. And I started tearing up two lines into the first song because of the reaction everyone was giving. And just, as I said, so much love in the room. So happy for you, brother. I'm so happy for the, for the rest of you. And it's just great to see that after all these years, it's finally happened. And today, when this goes out, you're playing fucking Download Festival. Yes. If you're listening to this on the Friday uh, and you're going to download, 5.30 at the Avalanche stage. I know we clash with Pendulum, right? I'm fucking sorry. It had nothing to... We didn't choose... Let me explain to you how offers work, right? <laughs> Andy Coppin, Andrew Coppin, former guest of the podcast, right? My new nickname for him is Clive Nation. Sent me an email and said, would you like to play Download? Here's the offer. They send you the money or they send you what they want to offer money-wise. Um, they tell you what stage you're going to be on. That's it. They don't tell you exactly what time you're on. You can't choose your fucking time, I guess, unless you go, we want to headline. Um, but yeah, so for anybody blaming us for being on the same time as Pendulum, it's not our fault. Also, I would love to see Pendulum, but I can't. But what I can say 
is we're on a 5.30, Pendulum are on a 5.30, right? But Pendulum are paying for 20 minutes longer than us. <laughs> so, you know, after being in a band for 20 years, I, like I have, right? I know the bands don't play the new stuff that nobody cares about in the last part of the section. They normally play the hits, right? So if you're stuck between going to see Pendulum and the Blackout, come see the Blackout, innit? We're going to be fucking done in no time. We're playing songs one after the other really, really quickly. And then you're going to go and watch the last 20 minutes of Pendulum smash the fucking main stage. I'll come with you. I'll come with you. If you promise me you'll stay for the Blackout, I will come with you after this. Please come and see my band. Look, I found out yesterday how big the tent was, and now I'm fucking terrified. Come and see my band. It's, the tent is huge. It's too big for a tent. I don't know how it's allowed to be called a tent. Well, we'll see. It's a we'll see. There's, there's a lot of love. There's a lot of love. I'll be there. I'll sing it back to you. It's all good. It's all good. But if you are listening to this and you're at Download, maybe you're traveling up or anything, let us know. Uh, we're going to be doing a live podcast at Download Festival tomorrow, Saturday, June the 10th, at yeah. the side splitter stage um, and it's, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun we're, we're expecting uh, a few surprises maybe for ourselves but if you've missed it you're not going to the festival and you're thinking oh I'd really like to see the boys live well next month we're doing one at 2000 Trees Festival Woo-hoo! on July the 8th and also DJing at the Silent Disco that's going to be Oof. at Upcott Farm in Violent Disco. Uh, VIP and weekend tickets are very close to selling out. But because you are listeners to this podcast, because you are dedicated what? people, they've given no a way. very special discount code. What? For £40 off VIP off. and weekend tickets. You just got to use the promo code SAPNIN by going to 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash ticket. You've got headlangers. Bullet for My Valentine, Frank Carr and the Rattlesnakes, and Soft Play, formerly Slaves, bands like Skin Dread, Death Havana, Hellas for Heroes, The Wonder Years, and wow. our good friends in Lost Alone that yes. features Stephen Battelle, who's only written on the new McFly album. Oh! Shut up. What a fucking full circle <laughs> link segue. <laughs> Fuck it. You are a professional broadcaster well done <laughs> but yes excited to see all of them come along to 2000 trees come see us live come see us live at download anything we're doing anything we're, oh i'm dj i oh, fuck i forgot the same dj enthusiast too late it's too late, late now isn't it <laughs> by the time this is out i've, I've already dj'd a download i imagine it was absolutely well, brilliant all technically, shit technically technically you you the- you you apply this will be out and you'll still be DJing for another half an hour the, the oh, second it comes out you're still djing so if you oh, listen to this true. right now Run the fuck to download festival. <laughs> you have half an hour. Imagine that. <laughs> Pick it up. You get there. And I'm just fucking right. That's it. Hey, whatever my last song is. Um, uh. But yeah, we are fucking busy and I cannot wait. Hopefully the blackout stuff all goes well. If you're, if you're in an hour about come and see the blackout, go to at the blackout music on Instagram and just have a look through our videos and our stories we've been posting. And if that doesn't get you up for it, um, fuck off. <laughs> Well, it's a very, very busy time. There's a lot going on, but let's get into this conversation. Uh, we talked to Dougie about everything from his love for email music to writing with his good friend Mark Hoppus, of all people, uh, singing more in the band as of late. That famous lighter bass versus his new gear that he's very excited about. And there's a bunch of sentences that only Dougie could say. And also, 
This was the first podcast we've ever done out of 240 plus episodes, right? Where I've been sick in front of the game. <laughs> At Sablin Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Patreon.com for slash Sablin for support. But let's not talk anymore, bollocks. This is the beautiful masterpiece of a human that is Dougie Pointer of McFly on episode 237 of Sapman Podcast. I was going to make a joke about him giving me a pointer, but I won't bother. Hard on, I meant, like. Sapman! (laughs) Sapman! Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Sapnin! 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 Oh, he went a little bit Welsh <laughs> slash Indian. I'm not sure, but yes, this week's guest is bassist, TV presenter, model. Um, anything else you'd like TV to add? TV presenter? TV presenter? You've been on the TV. He's seen you on the TV. I've seen you talking so. on the TV. That counts as presenting on the TV. You're just like, you're just reading job descriptions. Um, builder, um, <laughs> footballer, <laughs> chef, um, d- nin- full-time ninja. It says by you on yep. Wikipedia. I don't know what that's about. Um, but yes, this week's guest is Dougie Pointer of McFly. Dougie, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. good. Yeah, I'm all right. Um, I won't lie. I, I was sick just before we, uh, <laughs> we started recording. Oh. So physically, yeah, okay. if anybody... Yeah, if anybody hears me, what they think is speaking Welsh is because I'm being sick into a bucket next to me. It's not Welsh. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's not your fault. It could be a very interesting conversation. But Dougie, welcome back. It's so good to see you again. It's uh, been a while, as Stained once say. Um, yeah. How are you doing, man? How's things? <laughs> as Stained once said, <laughs> it's been a while. 
Yeah, good. Um, I think you guys were my first ever podcast. Um, I'm not sure if I've done one since, actually. Yeah, Ooh. I, I think. I, I'm pretty sure. Because I was just about to say, oh, yeah, great. How many brilliant podcasts have you done since? Thinking that you were going to say, like, oh, yeah, I've been on fucking Joe Rogan, like all the big <laughs> ones or whatever. And now you've you've had to come back to the scum. No, I, I, I turned down Joe Rogan. And I don't blame you. Yeah. A, any of those other big, what other big, what, what other podcasts are there? <laughs> yeah, that's true. None. Um, none. We are none. the only one. There's no two. One yeah, leaves. there's two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine there was just two and people were like, oh, are you going on? Oh I'm, oh, I'm doing a podcast run this week. Oh, you going on Joe Rogan? No, I'm going on with them Welsh twats. Ah, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, of the two, like of all the two. Um, yeah, how are you doing, man? How, how's things? Really good. Um, we have uh, we're, we're like a month away from releasing the new album. Um, we put a tour on sale um, today. I don't know when this. W- w- yeah, this morning. I don't know when this podcast going out. Um, so that's all been like super exciting. It's just it's just fun doing like having new stuff like you know a new new album so that you can do a brand new tour playing a whole bunch of new songs and um it yeah just it's 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 the most anxious though it's the most anxious part of being in a band like the 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 most fun parts of recording and actually playing the songs live but releasing music into the world i always always found terrifying because you just never know how it's going to be received like all the way back to our, our first single i was completely shocked to, to find that 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 was like number one for two weeks and i was like how who the <laughs> hell who the hell is is going out there and buying this i don't feel any like different um and then yeah so it, it, it's really weird it's i'm on, i'm on edge that's mm. how that's how i feel i'm, I'm on edge it's quite interesting, though, when you think, you know, you guys have been doing this for like almost 20 years now, and there's been so many releases of albums or compilations or singles or whatnot, and you still feel this way. That must be quite, I guess, nice <laughs> in a lot of ways that you still feel that energy and, and, and worry about people, say, rather than just being blasé about it. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, I don't know. It, it, it really feels great when some like you you see some sort of reaction video or something of someone who really gets what you're trying to do really really feels the way that you you intended to make them feel like that this whole album as the 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 overall feeling i guess has has been like triumphant rock uh but but it's like it's a very like kind of warm kind of uh coming together kind of triumphant that no matter what you do in your day job or uh where you are in the world you um you have that connection with with somebody that you you know you love like i i was in uh abu dhabi like a, a year ago and i was wearing a i think i was wearing a limp biscuit t-shirt or or something and this waiter who I thought I'd have like absolutely like nothing in common. He was like, dude, you, you love Limp Bizkit? And I was like, yeah. And we were just talking about 
how awesome Wes Borland is for like yeah. half an hour. Um, Class. Yeah. So, so if if anybody can feel the way that uh, that we we want them to feel when listening to our music, then you know, success. But it's it's nerve wracking, and and when and when people don't like it as well, it hurts. It hurts ten times harder than it should. Yeah, it feels like it feels like someone taking the piss out of your kid. <laughs> okay, that, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Wow. I know what you mean. Like I took fucking ages for the maker. I know you shitted on it. Ah, yeah, yeah. Do you know how much I spent? Do you know how much money you spent? Yeah, I could have done yeah. on my computer, but I didn't. I went to an actual studio. <laughs> Leave it to me. But yeah, surely you haven't had any. You haven't had any reactions like that so far with the new McFly music. It's all fucking rocking. No, no, it's all been. It's all been good. You just hear like out of out of like the the one out of like a hundred uh, comments that that would be the one, and you're like, no, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. That's not what we're trying to do. It's all part of the the fun. Uh, I remember when we first released Stargirl, I felt like I felt the same with that. I was like, oh no, people don't get that it's that it's a joke about falling in love with an alien. People think that we're calling some like random human girl, like our star girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and pe- uh, yeah, and I was like reading comments of people like cringing over it. And now it's like one of our, our, our biggest songs. It only took 20 years. <laughs> that- <laughs> Our music's like wine. <laughs> yeah, fine wine, fine wine. But no, it's always it's always interesting seeing people's reactions and connections with stuff anyway. But going back, you talked about um, us being your first podcast experience and you haven't done any since Apologies. then. Um, is that because you got into trouble after <laughs> coming on ours? Did you because... get into trouble? Did anybody say, Ducky, stop going on his unsolicited <laughs> podcast? Nobody said directly to me, um, but yeah, I think I might have. Uh, I was just being honest. Uh, all the podcasts I'd ever listened to, people just go on and they're just honest about what they've been up to. And I was like, yeah, we, I've been, I mean, we hadn't been in the studio, I don't think, working on New McFly stuff with, with each other, but I had some ideas at the time. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit more careful these days. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, it was just a it was a giant wake up call for us because the, you were episode five, and then all of a sudden, all these quotes you've said on the podcast were literally everywhere in all the tabloids. Harry's talking about it on Good Morning Britain. It was a bit fucking crazy. So we appreciate you being honest. Yeah, um, very much. So. But we're just hoping it didn't didn't get you into trouble in any way. <laughs> I, I, I just thought, who is going to care about what the bass the bass player from McFly is is saying? Like, loads of people actually. Turns out, well, yeah, I think I just I just forgot. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the problem was you'd spent too much time with the Perry brothers at that point that it grounded you so much that you were like, <laughs> yeah, nobody gives a fuck about what I'm saying. And then you said something, and I went, oh, no, actually, I'm in a much bigger band than these ba- these lovely <laughs> bastards. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Yeah, I was on tour with A at the time, wasn't I? Yeah, that was awesome. That was, those were fucking fun shows. I really loved that. Any, any future of playing with A again, or was it just a thing that you were filling in for a bit? No, I, I'd love to. If the opportunity ever came up and McFly wasn't touring, or I didn't have any like recording uh commitments or anything like that I'd, I'd love to play with those guys i i need to to hang out with those guys every every few months they're like the best kind of confidence 
boosters. Hundred um, percent. They just make you love everything. Like I, you spend, like you you go for coffee with Jason, and you for for like fifteen minutes or something, you come out like absolutely loving luggage. You're like, why <laughs> Yeti, Yeti, Yeti yeah, equipment. Yeah. You're like, why? Why I've got the sudden urge to buy everything from Yeti? Like, I just think it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I got, I got a prime example of that. I went, um, I went to Centre Parks once with Jason for like um, an ideas meeting because you know what he's like. He fucking loves yep. traveling and ideas meetings that we could have done over the phone that would have saved us both hundreds of pounds. And it was when, um, I don't know if you remember the rapper Lil Pump, when he first came out with his song Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, right? I remember turning up to that centre parks, hating Lil Pump, going, Jace, have you heard what the kids are listening to? I played him the song and he was like, that's fucking nice. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's not though, is it? He's just repeating Gucci Gang over and over again, Jason. And he was like, yeah, but how punk rock is that? And he started breaking it down. And then four days later, I left going, I quite like this little pump fella. <laughs> yeah. He gets it. Jason Jason gets, and, and his brother, like they just get life, don't they? Like they're, they're so, they're so positive. I, I, I think Jason Perry is probably the, the most important ingredient or one of the most important ingredients for McFly. Uh, like everything changed after we met Jason. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't, I don't know if we could ever work, work with another producer. I always uh, imagine what that would be like. He just brings out the best in everybody and we have so much fun doing it. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine working with anybody else. I think that's the case across the scene though. Like if it wasn't for, like if it wasn't for just Perry, the blackout definitely wouldn't have done as well as we did because of our second album, The Best in Town, which he recorded. And yeah, if we didn't have him in our lives, there's other band. Like when I met him, I was the most, I was, I've got to be, I must have been in the top three negative, most negative people on earth. Just after spending some time with him in El Paso, I was like, I was like a changed man. I was like, oh no, I don't have yeah. to be aggressive to absolutely everything. I can yeah, be nice yeah. and see the beauty and stuff. That's it. Like he's transcended. Like, so you, you guys basically, he worked with you. That made that helped you guys. Obviously, helped his name as well as a producer. And then I think he did. Um, he did the best in town. Then he did Kids in Glass Houses, his records. His fingerprint is on so many bands in British and well, probably American rock as well to some extent. It's amazing to see how far and wide the Perry touch has gone. I guess. I know. I know. Yeah, he's um, uh, he's got his he. Was he not? He won a Grammy, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, la- he Latin, Latin America. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Grammy award winner. Like, that's magic. <laughs> no, he, he deserves it. He deserves it. He's amazing. I feel like he understands McFly's dynamic and just all of you individually as well. And, you know, we've been talking to a few of the other guys on some episodes about Power to Play, and it seems like... Danny and Harry in particular are very excited to be exploring these heavier sounds again, almost kind of like a throwback to Radioactive, but a lot more heavier. All this, to me, just screams Dougie. It was this just kind of like the ultimate project for you and being able to have a lot more fun and bring out a lot more of those uh, influences again? 
I, I mean, I, I definitely have like a lot of, I have a, yeah, a big mark on this album, but everybody just fell in love with 80s rock at exactly the same time. It was like, it was like some like amazingly hot girl had walked in the room and everybody's jaws dropped at the same, at the same time. We all landed on the same page because of Jason. You know, like how you were saying about, the the Gucci song or whatever, like Jason kind of like talked you into it and you and you saw things differently. He did the same with us about our band in in one meeting, which I'm sure the guys probably explained about us like doing a board of identity and and all of that. And yeah, I, I started hearing those '80s rock rock bands differently and just got so inspired and just went off on one for about. I think it was about 18 months in, in total, like two years or so. Um, and yeah, everything just felt fun. I started hearing metal like a, I, I've always liked metal, but not like heard it in such a, like a positive triumphant way before. So that there was a, and it, and it was all like new territory. I think that's what felt fun. It felt like, oh, we've never done anything like in, you know, trying to rip off Metallica or whatever kind of style before this, this feels different and really, really nerded out on guitar sounds and, uh, vintage synth sounds and stuff. That was me and Danny spent, but yeah, ages doing that and spent a lot of money on different amplifiers and pedals and shit. It's, it's been honestly the most fun I've ever had making an album. I had the two, yeah, it was especially, we did, we did a lot of recording over two summers and they were like the best summers of my life. It was amazing. We just waking up every morning and driving down to our, our studio, which is our, our own space, making music all day and then driving home with the windows down, listening to a, a bounce of, of the session from that day. Cause it really, yeah, it really is a, a, a summer, summer rock album. So yeah, it was it was it was incredible. I had the best time. You talk about that studio. On some levels, is that kind of like the best investment you guys have done? Not in terms of like financially and be, just being able to record everything there, but in terms of like having almost your own office space to go away, and you know it's a safe space, and you know who's going to be there, and you can just kind of mess around with stuff and like mentally accept all this rather than the pressure of like oh we're going into this studio at this date and we have to do this like you can just mess around with stuff on a tuesday if you want to yeah. or you can go and do stuff whenever yeah there was so jason would be in on like mondays to thursdays so we had friday was like a, a mess around day where danny would be in control um of, of production so we'd usually work on a on a different song that day but also it allowed everybody to like if they had some other like family thing that, that they didn't have to come in because we weren't spending what like over a thousand pounds a day on a big fancy studio so they just didn't have to come which then allowed so i'm like oh okay we, uh, we got to fill this time i've got this i've got this little frugazi idea let's let's mess around with that and see if we can use it as a what would have been a b-side back in the day i guess yeah, it just free, freed everybody up. Unlike the last, the, the album we did before that, it was like every day, like, oh man, we have to write a, a hit today. Can't waste, can't waste time doing any Fugazi stuff. 
Mm. <laughs> I've noticed that you've all really gelled with uh, Stephen Battelle from Lost Alone, bringing him in as well. Talk about Jason Perry being like the fifth member. I feel like Stephen's almost become the sixth member uh, on this cycle. I know you guys have been friends for a while, but just seeing everyone else kind of mix around with him as well. It must just be nice so long into a career like this. You made so many projects and you can still bring in these kind of different people, have different perspectives and, and have a laugh really. Yeah. Yeah, Steve's like, Steve's this, this uh, similar energy to, to Jason, really, like super positive, absolutely just loves rock music and knows everything there is to know about Queen and... Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, especially Queen. Uh, but yeah, loads of like, um, even like Elton John, like he seems to know a lot about and like what studios they use, what equipment they use. So he was like... He was a, yeah, he was another really important outsider looking in on your band and like buzzing on an idea that you've that you've written. It just kind of gives you the um encouragement you need to keep like pushing forward. Or like, oh, do you do you think this is too far? Do you think McFly can get away with this? And he's like, oh no, no, it's awesome. All of a sudden now I really want to see Stephen Battelle and Jason Perry have an argument about who's better, Queen or Rush. I think that would be oh. such a mad discussion. Yeah, that would... That would <laughs> I think... Would um, they be able to debate? Would they be able to debate? <laughs> or are they just too nice? that they'd be like, oh, I see your point, mate. Yeah, I see your point. Who do you think would win? Who's got more power? Jason. <laughs> um, yeah. Can Jason sack Stephen from the, yeah. from the session? Because um, in that case, Jason wins. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say Steve wins, but that's because I think I like Queen more than mm. I like Rush. I think Steve knows more about Queen than Jason knows about Rush. So he can just trump him on every, like Steve, Steve knows about like all the like test pressing vinyls and uh, you know like different mixes of different albums and stuff um it jace i don't know if jace knows that much about rush <laughs> just fucking loves him just fucking yeah him. i've noticed on the last few releases you've had a lot more parts where you're singing more i mean obviously throughout your back catalog mcfly have got tracks where the sections of you singing or there's some really rare tracks that you are the kind of vocal point of that but with these latest material, was that something you wanted to do or was it just something that ended up that way? I mean, your voice seems to be creeping more and more in the vocal point of the band lately. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a confidence thing um, or literally just because I was around um, <laughs> a lot. I would put the vocal down so that you knew how the how the song was supposed to go and then I tried, I tried fobbing some of the ideas off onto Danny. I was like, oh, no, no, you should sing it. You should sing this part. And, and it was Harry that was like, no, I think, I think it should be Doug and then switched to, to Danny. Um, and Tom was having, it was around the time Tom was having vocal problems. And um, we had to hand in the album at the end of last summer because of the vinyl backlog issue. Mm. So yeah, Tom was kind of like eliminated from um, from singing for for a little while. So I yeah had to step up, which 
I don't know. I'm nervous about it. It just adds to my nerves. I'm like, oh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a lead singer. I, I can, I don't know. It's, my voice is, my voice is like, it, it, it's a particular kind of um, voice. It's a bit annoying after a while. You, you can't have a, you can't, you can't have too many songs with my singing voice. Is it Tom DeLonge annoying? <laughs> no, see, the thing is, like, I love his voice. Like, I no, no, me too, me yeah, too. Same, but, me, yeah. but yeah, too much of that is not going to help anyone, is it? Like, no, um, I don't know. Where no, are you? No, it's quite high, and it it can really pierce through the track. Like, like Dan Danny's voice is like like a a, a nice decent leather or a saxophone or something and mine's like some like fisher price xylophone or something <laughs> for the other people in the band and for it to get past jason obviously it's great doug obviously it's going to be good so i think you're being nervous for no reason it's <laughs> going to be fucking great now thank and you. i can't wait to hear it thank you it's a, it's a perfect voice for an emo alternative punk band and those influences you can always tell. You can always tell it's coming from you. Yeah, like I never used to get when, um, like I, I've always loved like Adam Lazara's voice. Like mm. that to me was like, oh, that that hits me, his voice. And and like, yeah, my mum would hear Adam Lazara singing and be like, oh, what, what's wrong with his voice? Um <laughs> I'm like it, it sounds cool. He's like, no, no, it doesn't. And then you're like, well, you we can swing a microphone very well, so you should. That adds to yeah, it. Yeah, mom. <laughs> yeah, mom. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of those other like early emo influences for you back in the day? Like Harry mentioned, uh, you guys kind of bonding over the start and lying and those kind of bands early on. Was yeah. it just loads of those kind of? early 2000s alt rock bands just kind of the the thing that got you into music yeah yeah i i love I, like everybody else really anything from drive through records mm. i absolutely loved uh i really really loved the starting line uh, start, starting line <laughs> the starting line <laughs> <laughs> the the starting line um i think because of uh like lyric stuff I, it was like really because it was quite soft, I guess. Like there was, and as a teenager, I was like, like yeah, really, really got into that. Um, and they were, they were mental live as well. I remember seeing them support Newfound Glory and, um, they, yeah, they, all of them would go absolutely nuts. Yeah. So those guys, I mean, that, that's what me and Harry bond up, but the used, I really, the used bass player kind of opened my mind a little bit more to playing like with your fingers and. Oh, wow playing well as as well you know like doing interesting little like rundowns and and stuff yeah so it, and it's it's weird actually you wouldn't have thought mcfly's music was inspired by that like i guess we took the songwriting from 60s and playing it as if we were in like we were assigned to drive through records i guess and and then this album is all van halen and um motley crew metallica all that stuff. Yeah, but you say that, and you say that people wouldn't be able to take those influences early on, but I think you really opened the door for so many people to get into alternative music through discovering McFly and then being a gateway for so many people. I mean, I'm sure I've told you this before. I've told you the guys um, 
as well. Like I'm a prime example of that. You know, McFly was the first band I fell in love with, and then I became a massive emo oh, cool. rock kid because of it. And like, I'm sure there must be elements now where things are coming full circle in that way a bit because of younger bands being like, oh, well, you know, I got into you, and seeing people in the industry now being at an age where they're getting these really big jobs and they grew up on McFly as well. I'm sure yeah. like there's like there's little nuances like that now. It is coming full circle. Yeah, and it feels weird as well because I still feel like the same kid as I was when we first started. So to now, so I see anybody who works at our record label as being like a a, a grown up, and there's there's somebody who's who's working on this campaign who is like really openly a like McFly fan, um, and I find that that yeah really weird. I'm like, oh, no, gr- grown ups don't like McFly. <laughs> <laughs> You have a real job. Well, you can't be doing what? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? What you like? What we do? No way. It's weird. And I, th- I think nowadays the um, the whole like tribal thing is, isn't so much of a of a thing anymore. Like crossed over a, a little bit. Do you remember like back in school? Like if you were into Iron Maiden, you couldn't be you couldn't be into Blink. Those were like those were separate worlds. Pick your bands and stay. I remember when metalheads, I remember when metalheads used to say, I don't like pop music because they, they don't even play their instruments live. And now the majority of the fucking biggest bands in the world are on track. Yeah, 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 yeah. You become what you it. <laughs> you, yeah, you it, was a, it was a real thing. It was a real thing to like uh, play to click live. Like, you know, like, oh, that's not cool. Like, that's that's not real. And now, or to like, now people don't even have like live amps on stage. Nope. Live vocals. I've seen, yeah, I've seen fucking no. massive, I've seen massive British metal bands where the singer had his microphone in the air and I could hear his voice, including speech impediment come in. So he wasn't even a backing singer. It couldn't have been a backing singer because he had exactly wow. the same voice as him. Yeah, man. Wow. Wow. That's where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> Times have changed, eh? Um, you speak about being that kid into alternative music, loving Blink-182. There must be a part of you now that finds it so surreal when you kind of take yourself out of it to think like you're friends with Mark Hoppus and you've written ideas with him and you've got his number. Like 14-year-old you must be like, is that not real? Yeah, it doesn't. It do- none of that feels it feels real. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Things like that feel really odd. Like when I'm in a band environment, I'm like, Oh, of course that makes sense because, you know, uh, we used to be on the same record label and like, Oh yeah, we play, uh, like big shows too and, and stuff. But yeah, I still, I don't think I'll ever get over things like that or like I met the queen as well. You know? Yeah. Before she died, obviously, I met the Queen. Uh, much, yeah, much more difficult to meet her after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was her ghost. I met the Queen's ghost. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how Yeah, got a photo. Look, the only photo of uh, an actual ghost like that exists. Yeah, man, that, that, stuff, that stuff weirds me out. It really weirds me out, that, that kind of stuff. I, I'm like... That feels just like some weird Matrix stuff. Yeah. You met the Queen of England and the King of Pop Punk, Mark Arpers. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. And your friends with him. Yeah, that's nuts. Do you remember the first time um, maybe like a rock band you like or anything like that um, showed love to McFly? I think it was Newfound Glory. I think they were, well, you know what? All of them, man. Like everybody, like uh, we were, like, Island Records used to um, have like a lot of my favorite bands were, were signed to them. So yeah, I, I used to be able to go to their shows and get backstage and, and meet all the bands and all of them were, were sound. Like the guys from Finch were really cool. And I was still a teenager at the time. So I was, I was must have, you know, anywhere from, from 15 to, to 18. And I was like backstage with, with these bands and just, um, the, yeah, none of, none of them were dickheads. They were all super sound. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was surreal. Yeah, and that's a, that's always great to hear. But as well, like you've been doing a lot of work now behind the scenes with Danny and Stephen, writing for other artists in in this studio. What has that experience been like for you in terms of just like songwriting, taking yourself away from McFly and being able to kind of involve yourself in other people's projects and kind of take a step back from stuff? I mean. I'm sure that must be really refreshing and uh, the three of you just having a giant laugh with it. Yeah, it feels like like going to the gym, like just keeping up the keeping the muscles working for for you know, recording and um and and writing, like learning new stuff every day so that when you come back to doing a fly, like you've got this little bit of experience under your belt and you've done a bit of trial and error with with some other artists and, and we're, we're constantly finding we're really into like old analog production and how we can replicate that now with, um, with the digital stuff um, or at least get a, like a similar kind of vibe. Cause back in the day they were doing all sorts of like different weird tricks to, um, to get a certain effect because there was no plugin for it. So like, was it Mutt, Mutt Lang on the, Def Leppard records it, to get the big stadium vocal chants and, and call and response and stuff. He would put a, like a whisper track in. So you could l- layer up like a whole bunch of whispers, put them together, put a bit, a bit of reverb on it. And it sounds like a, a stadium chanting. It sounds like ridiculous because that's what you, you do when you're imitating a crowd, like <sighs> things like that. And uh, uh, particularly with like, guitars like how they were mic'd back in the day or just like stupid things like lengths of cables and and things and um yeah like the production side i find really really fun working with other other artists and i think yeah soon we'll have our first ever song being released at with uh with this kid called lou um he's like a solo pop punk kind of guy yeah, and that comes out. I think he's planning releasing that in mid June. I think. Nice. What was the name? His name is Lou, and I think that's that's his stage name as well. It's just just Lou. Must be a different kind of sense of pride for you, though. Now seeing that you know you can kind of give off these lessons you've learned and little tricks in the studio and just stuff about the industry to younger artists as well when they're coming through. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 ace. 
But I, actually, I, I don't feel like it's us really. I don't ever really feel like I'm like, you know, passing any kind of knowledge down. I feel more, I feel more like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. That, that the, the artists themselves, like inspiring, like what they're bringing to the table and, and I get, I get excited by, by that, um, you know, lyrically or just, just like the way that they're dressed or stuff that they're into kind of forces us to, to open our minds a little bit. Dougie, there's a couple of things um, I wanted to bring up and really always ask you about. And one of them is about your infamous pink light-up bass. Because I remember seeing mm. that for the first time when I was a kid and being blown away by this thing. And you've got the oh, fretboard really? just kind of lighting up and stuff like that. What what was the, like the origin of that? How did the, how was it just some like Sam Jesus. Rivers of Limpiskit? Surely, <laughs> exactly. It was exactly that Sam Rivers. I I saw Limpiskit. I think when I was about eleven at um, Wembley Arena, and that was all I could really see. I I was like behind the sound desk, like hiding from the mosh pit because I must have been like about three foot tall. Um, and all I could really see was Sam Rivers fretboard and I, and I thought it was the, the coolest thing. So as soon as I found a company that would, um, make them and yeah, they, that was a custom hot pink paint job. It's a music man. Uh, it's the Sterling. It's the Sterling, which is the, the, the smaller version of the, of the Stingray. And that one has the original pickups in the active pickups but then i've got a few others that also have leds in that i've taken those pickups out um and put in the seymour duncan quarter pounders and had them in inverted so it sounds like a, a p bass really but i've, I've recently switched I've, i'm now playing the new um bender meteora Ooh. um which sounds like it sounds a bit like an active jazz. That's the only way. Yeah. Sounds like an active jazz. Um, a bit more Getty Lee, really. Well, look out. We're answering the question. Who's going to win? Rush or, but a rush or queen? <laughs> oh, oh, we're going towards the rush. Yeah. When you said about sitting down with Jason and going through about the bands and stuff and talking about 80s rock, was Stephen Patel then introduced afterwards or was he already there at those points? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. He was there afterwards. We were, we'd probably written like 
three songs without him. And um, yeah, then Jace was like, oh, you, you, you've got to meet my friend. He's like, he's the riff master. Like he's just got riffs coming out of his ass. Um, you've, you've got to meet him. He will be like a, an amazing uh, addition and he's really, really cool. And I've never gotten on with somebody so quickly in my life. Like within, honestly, like 10 minutes, within 10 minutes of Steve arriving, we were writing a song together with the first riff that just came to his mind. Um, like jamming as a, as a full band. So much fun. And I, I absolutely love that guy. I yeah, can see that you're, jam. you're holding in the puke there, man. <laughs> oh yeah. It's been, it's been, <laughs> it's struggling. There's been some moments where I've been like, ah, I try not to, but luckily I've got a mute. So you haven't heard me being sick, but I am recording the audio m- my end this way. So Morgan, listening back, you are going to have to listen to that. Me going, oh, blah, 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 into this bucket here. <laughs> if that makes the, if the actual sounds make the edit, that's going to be a completely different Do you know what story. that is? Patreon exclusive. Hey. Listen to Sean be sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, sorry about man. this, Doug. Yeah, sorry about my no, distracting no, puke face. But you, you, you look back at so many things McFly have done in the last 20 years. And like, I know that there's been periods where you've been top of the world and then there's been things where you've had a lot of distractions, whether it be McBusted or just other things going on personal lives and then taking the break and stuff. I'm sure you know, when you do things like these now and get to see all the shit that's, that's gone on, it must be quite surreal to think of all these things you've achieved, all the places you've gone, all the things like, McFly have, have infiltrated really does it ever get crazy to, to stop and think about these things sometimes I think the older we get as well like we 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 literally we don't take anything for, for granted anymore like we're, we're really not we're like pretty unjaded by by it all we still find it exciting we still it still always feels new there's always something kind of going on that makes it feel special and and brand new or just a different way of playing or promoting or or something it, it always feels amazing and i always feel incredibly grateful like today i uh, like i'm going straight to like today all i have to do is is hang out with danny and steve and write music like that's awesome uh, that's my job and i'm like yeah and i'm like promo- promoting an an album and a tour um it's all cool stuff i i feel incredibly incredibly lucky like yeah i guess it's how, like what it feels like to win like the lottery that you just that it doesn't feel it doesn't feel real i'm glad i'm very very glad i'm very very happy for you i'm g- genuinely couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of guys I Thanks, almost man. wish there was somebody in your band who was a fucking dick, but there isn't. <laughs> uh, who, who's left? Who do you have to speak to? Well, we haven't, have we to haven't spoke yet? to Tom yet. We have not spoke to Tom. Okay. There's room. <laughs> there's room. So there's room. <laughs> there's still time. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is where I see you just messaging him and going like, when you eventually do Sapnin, just be yeah. an absolute <laughs> yeah, dickhead, be, a dick. arsehole, oh, be the biggest that. rock star. No, I'll just, I'll just tell him to be himself and then I'll get what I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I wanted to come on with shades. 
I want him to yeah. come on. Yeah, looking like a <laughs> proper eighties rock star. Yeah, bikini babes that he's rented in. Bikini um, babes. Yeah, bikini huh? babes. I don't know why. Yeah, he's, I want him to be like a proper eighties rock star dickhead. Like, um, before every answer, he goes, <laughs> yeah, and then gives us the answer. Like he's fucking me, but yeah. Have you uh, seen that documentary, the the the, uh, the decline of Western civilization? No. No. Uh, that's like, that's everything you just described. Like ev- everybody that is into, there's a punk one, which isn't so, like, you know, it's obviously very, very punk, but then there's a, like kind of a, a glam rock eighties, uh, documentary that they were making. And, um, everybody that is interviewed is literally like that. Like, like you described, like they have like girls and sunglasses <laughs> and, uh, or, or like they're floating in a, in, in their pool with a bottle of JD and they're, be- and they're being, and they're being serious as well. Yeah. Aww. It's mad, isn't it? It's fucking mental. I love it. That's the thing though. People still to this day do think backstage is, is that when really it's just a bunch of people fighting over the Wi-Fi password. Yeah. And What's trying the to Wi-Fi search- code? <laughs> yeah. I need the yeah. Wi-Fi yeah. code. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> you have a shower now because I need one in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Was it ever like that? Because in that documentary, it seemed like that was just the, image that everybody was giving off but the reality was back then is just that everybody was just doing their hair backstage there was there was the chaos has what did it ever really exist was it all just myth yeah yeah i think um yeah from meeting a lot of those people from back then you talk to them now and you're like you are such a fucking nerd there's no way you were just constantly having sex and 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 pulling these gorgeous women no no way but then yeah it, like i wonder like how much of motley how, how much of the stuff motley Crue's um done said and written down in a book um how much of that is actually true like it's because that book is fucking mental so um yeah i wonder and the, and like I was wonder. it consistent like like you can have like a crazy week maybe but to do an entire like world tour and, and be, being like it, you need a rest at some point like. <laughs> you need a rest yeah <laughs> yeah oh. i just yeah you're just gonna have to sleep at some point like <laughs> on that on that same vein is there ever being anything mcfly or yourself has put on like rider requests just to see if you can get away with it Ooh. because every now and again we do hear from people that like they just test the waters to see if people actually read what they wrote down or contracts or anything like that you ever tried to be a bit bit cheeky with stuff and seeing what you can get away with? Uh, I think probably the, the most we've ever done was had um, uh, it was yeah, it was Wi-Fi. Like we just wanted our own Wi-Fi router in the the dressing room. Um, I don't think that well, that was like back in the day when that was that when that was a thing. It was like wow, you got a you got wireless internet in this in this dressing room. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we fucking do. Um, yeah, Danny once requested, Danny once requested wine and cheese. I think he just wanted it like that once because like his mum was coming or something. And for some reason that never left the rider. Cause we don't know where the rider is. Like who has, <laughs> who has this list of, 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 of things. <laughs> so it's just this, a bunch of crap that's been on there since we were, were kids. So at every show there is a, there's a cheese board and, and wine. Um, 
And that is the last thing anybody wants before jumping around for 90 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've just been to the gym now and I do 60 minutes of, of jumping around like an idiot. And that would be like me necking a cheese board before doing that. That would suck. <laughs> Oh, don't do that. You'll end up like Sean. You don't like just throwing up everywhere. That's what do you mean? Throwing oh, up, throwing you, up. You're sick. I thought you were, yeah, I thought you were calling, it's a call I thought back. you were calling me fat. <laughs> I thought you were calling me fat. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, he's fucking thing. Oh, yeah, don't end up eating cheese. You end up a fat bastard like Sean. Leave it up, walk. I was doing a callback to earlier in Is the it, Oh, we might oh. not get to do a Tom episode if you carry on, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's probably the last oh. one. Dougie, oh. come oh. on, one of the early oh. ones, and he's come on the <laughs> yeah, last one. Last <laughs> Full Sean circle. Got fat, That's Fuck what we love. Now. Full circle. Uh, I, think you need to, I think you need to have a word with James Hill if he's uh, tour managing the next tour about this, about what you can get away with. Cause get rid, yeah, get rid of cheese and wine. and well, What would you have instead? <laughs> it's like... What do you really need? What do you really need on a rider? I once, I once got told uh, someone requested like fifty towels, and there was like four of them. That's too, that's too many towels. Yeah, that's way too many towels. Why do you need all those towels? And end up paying for that shit though. So we had. I remember we checked the bill for our um, tour once, and we were spending like thousands on towels. Because we, we didn't realize that we were paying for them. So we just thought like, we just thought, oh, the venue give you towels. So yeah, yeah. Let's, let's have a, let's, how many do you want? I'll have four a night. Yeah, I need four <laughs> to, to, to throw out at the end. Like I wouldn't use it during the show. I would just throw it out at the end. Yeah. Towels oh. on, on, on yeah, what towels. Do, yeah. What do you need? Waters. That's it. It's hummus. Hummus. Yeah, hummus if you need. No, because that, sh- that, that, that shit get- ends up getting gross really quickly. Yeah, yeah okay. It, 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 yeah, it goes, if you leave it out for a couple of hours, it starts <laughs> to look, it look firm on the top. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want firm hummus. Nobody's looking for firm hummus. Good name for a fucking punk band, though, firm hummus. Firm hummus, <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, it's the sickness. Down with Ooh. the sickness. Anyway. As we start to wind down on this conversation a bit, Dougie, because we don't want to make you late for uh, for this writing session with with uh, Danny and, and Stephen, a um, couple of quick things I wanted to bring up. There's a question here from online. Um, it simply reads, "Come to Brazil?" Question mark. Oh, it's a new question. Eh? It's a first question. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Never, never had that. Um, we just got back from Brazil. That's about right. I had, yeah, I had one before, come to Newcastle. We were in Newcastle the day of. And they were like, oh, you guys should tour Newcastle. I was like, I'm there tonight. Oh, I can't make it tonight. <laughs> well, it's not my <laughs> fucking fault, again. is it? <laughs> come again. Yeah. All right, yeah, can you do tomorrow? No, I'm somewhere else. I'm in Glasgow tomorrow. Oh, of course you are. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's mad. Did you guys ever, did you guys ever tour Brazil? Did you ever do, go South America? No, never been Mate. to Brazil, never been to South America, but had loads of people saying, come to Brazil. Like, where are these rock fans yeah. in Brazil? Who are they? Like, how do I not know them one by one individually? Why do they all seem to be a unit that says, come to Brazil? It's great, man. That the, the, it just seems like everybody out there is, is into rock music. Like it, it never during like, when was it like 2010 or so when rock like really died for a little while? 
it was still huge there. Like it, it never dies in, in South America. Um, and they, yeah, they do mad things. Like some of their shows don't happen until like, uh, I went and saw a rock band at like 2 a.m. I think stage time was. And it was like something out of the lost, the, the lost boys. Like it was this venue that was like super old, had the, these, I don't think it had aircon. It just had giant fans on, on the balcony. And, um, it was, yeah, super, super sweaty. It was, it was ace. And it's a, it's such a rad place to, to play. It's my, it's one of my favorite places to tour. Hmm. Cause I, I, I bring it up because it's such a running joke for bands. Like globally, they just get that in the comment section of whatever they post. But for you, you actually have such a big fan base over there. You've toured there quite regularly. Like, how is that? Like, how is that? You playing shows at 2 a.m. in the morning and stuff. It must be crazy to see that, like, you have this audience are literally on the other side of the world. Yeah, we and we had no idea either when uh, we were like quite far into our career before we even ventured over. There. I think it was like 2009 or something. Um, we had no idea. Uh, because the, the record sales weren't anything really to go by. We had a number one DVD, but with like 2000 sales or something. And our, and our agent was like, no, that's, that's really, really good. And we're like, yeah, but what, what are we going to play like clubs to like 10 people in each city? And we go out there and it's, yeah, absolutely crazy. And there's already kids like lining up outside the the venue um and different songs seem to connect in south america than uh than this side of the world um it'll be like some obscure album track that becomes uh the most popular song there um it's really 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 interesting and um it's a just a really really rad place to to tour like if you ever get the chance to play shows there, like do it because it, 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 it goes off. It goes off like that. You, you don't have to sing any of the, any of the words at all. They just sing. They're like over the top of the PA. They just sing every word. It's great. Well, well there right, we are. I've got to go. Yeah. M- McFly Brazil tour 2024 supported by the blackout. Sorted. Yeah. Oh, we all do are. it. <laughs> do it. Yes. That would be <laughs> rad. Oh, I'd love her. I would love her. I'm just thinking about that now. Yeah. The rest of the podcast <laughs> is just uh, all of us just looking up, thinking about uh, that. What a dream. What uh, a dream. Um, that'd be good. <laughs> Dougie, it's been absolutely great to, to see you again. I've really, really enjoyed this before you go. Um, I'm asking all the guys this now, um, with power to play, coming out and this being a, a very exciting time i want you to give me two songs one from the new album that you can't wait for people to hear and one mcfly song that you think maybe is a bit underrated has gone under the radar a bit or think should have been a single something you a, a mcfly track that you love and wish it had a little bit more attention oh shit okay there's a song on the new album called um make it out alive which is it's it's really really simple i guess yeah kind of heavy it's 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 like dumb kind of heavy um it's about the end of the world fear of the the end of the world and profiting from the end of the world which yeah like kind of weirds me out a bit that that's me too. A, that's a thing that like the, the richest people in the world are, are um yeah like kind of the 
probably the cause of the the world coming to an end. Um, so that's what that song's about. So that's that's nice and cheery for everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's for the goths. That's for the goth fans. Yeah, you can have that. It's for the goth fans. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that one. Like yeah, I I I I personally really really love that song. Um, and an older McFly song, I think, is underrated. Um, or should have been a single was um, a song from our second album called Too Close for Comfort. Tom wrote, and I think was, I think this one was like heavily inspired by the used. It's like a really, it's like a soft used second album style song. So yeah, I'm certainly trying to play like the bass player from the used on, on that song. And um, Jeff, uh, nice. Yeah, Cesar, yeah, Jeff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry, I was being sick when you were talking about him. Um, I, I was, I was being sick um, while going. The name's Jeffa, Jeffa. Someone say Jeffa. <laughs> I completely, I completely agree with you though. On too close for comfort, I was always surprised that wasn't a single. If I'm being honest, it probably is my favorite McFly song. So. Oh really? Yeah, cool. yeah. So add it to the set list, please, for the tour. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be on the Brazilian set list for sure. So come along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brazil 2024, <laughs> blackout supporting. Get me on just to do the tambourine for Too Close to Comfort. Oh, yeah. magic. Okay, sold. <laughs> Dougie, honestly, so good to see you again. Thank you so much for taking you the too. time. Very excited uh, for this new album and this tour. And uh, hopefully we can catch up with you again very, very soon. Sweet. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, Woo! Douglas, you're handsome, you're lovely, you're an all-round fucking mega babe. Surely there's something wrong with you. Somewhere, there gotta be, man. You can't be that fucking perfect as a new man. Yes, that was Dougie Pointer of the Mighty McFly. What a fucking chap. We've got one more to get the Infinity Stones of McFly. I hope it happens. Yeah, we've got Tom Fletcher left to get. I don't know if we can do it, but fingers crossed, what a beautiful, beautiful chat with Dougie. Yes, I absolutely love every single second we've been able to spend with the McFly guys as of late. As I've mentioned on previous episodes with Danny and Harry that are out now that you can go back and listen to, they were the first band I ever fell in love with. They were my gateway into rock music, into everything uh, I do now, and I just really appreciate them letting us talk to them all individually, get these stories and celebrate this new album, Power to Play, that's full of rock, solos, 80s influences, and it's out right now. You can go and pick it up on vinyl, CD, there's even tapes, it's all over the place. Tapes? Uh, and they're going to be touring across the UK later on in the year as well. Head to the website for all the dates on that. But one left now, we're just missing Tom in the sticker book collection. Hopefully oh. that can uh, hopefully that can happen. I don't think they can do it. I don't think we can do it. <laughs> um, yeah, he's the missing Infinity Stone. Um, so please, 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 Tom Fletcher, please come on something podcast. You went to the um, McFly thing, didn't you, Tuesday? I got invited this week to uh, listen to the album before it was released and oh. hang out with them and a bunch oh, of other people cute. in their studio. They even provided three drinks and free pizza, so I was calling it muck oh. pizza and muck oh. coke and 
and all I that. Can't let you go, I can't let you go to these things alone again. Anyway. No, no. Well, Danny came up to me, asked where you were. And as you know, but the listeners don't know this, he sent you a, um, a voice message through my phone. Yeah, he did saying, um, calling me, a, uh, basically calling me a fanny for not being in, but <laughs> I couldn't make it because I'd, um, I rocked out so hard the night before in Merthyr Tidville that, um, I was, well, the adrenaline rush, let me explain to you that show in Merthyr. And the adrenaline rush was so mad, right? That I didn't get anywhere near sleep till about half past four in the morning. Um, I got home and I cried. Like it, the emotions were all over the place. Oh, yeah. So bo- both sad and love, I, um, um, I cried. And, uh, yeah, it was just draining. And then me and the boys were just talking to each other in the WhatsApp group about, um, how much we enjoyed it and how much it meant to everyone. And it was very, very, very lovely. So apologies to McFly. I couldn't be there. T- I'd love to be near Tuesday, right? Because I fucking love them all. And I love hanging yeah. out with them. They're all yeah. fucking brilliant. But I was so fucked from having a bang over, right? I, my hangover from uh, moshing and um, not going to bed till fucking half past four that I couldn't make it. So apologies for that. Uh, but I did appreciate the message of Danny calling me a fanny. <laughs> Well, I, I represented us both. And if you follow at Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram and at MHRiches underscore on Instagram as well, that's me, uh, you're going to be able to see me have a photo with the whole band, which is just you a life. Have a f- I, you have met Tom. I've, well, I've tried to. Did you ask him to, to come on the podcast? I did a sneaky word and then we ended up, what, we ended up talking about um, riffs. So, you know. <laughs> Oh, nice. So I think um, gonna lure, I think if that's going to lure him in, this talking about riffs, isn't it? Yeah. It maybe, I thought it'd be dinosaurs or poo right, or just, something like, yeah. like, like Buzz, that. Buzz Lightyear, Disney. Buzz, yeah. yeah he's yeah. he's a wonderful so, kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> did, yeah. Did you ask him to come on? That's the, you went let's there. Just say, you could have fucking secured say, the bag. Let's just say things were said and things might happen. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm so glad people can't see the look you give me. Like you, like you were fucking some sort of spy trying to tell me something. Well, let's just say. Well, let's not just say. Did you or did you fucking? Uh, is it in the back? Uh, yeah, but yes, we fucking loved having Dougie on this episode. Um, if you've enjoyed it, let us know your thoughts. At Sapnin Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and fuck it, we got a TikTok, but who knows if we're ever going to use it again. But give it a follow anyway. Also, if you've enjoyed this if you've listened to three or more of these episodes, so that means if you're a McFly fan, you've listened to every episode so far, you are legally ah. obliged to join our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash happening. But yeah, we love all those boys. And like I said, hope to get Tom on very soon. If you head to the description in this episode, you'll see loads of names there from the Patreon that we thank. They've been absolutely overwhelming with support and love these last few weeks in particular. I got to hang out with a bunch of them before the blackout show in Murphy Tidville, just kind of <laughs> ecstatic and, re- and reliving all these moments. They're meeting up at festivals, they're going together. People from Australia today were hanging out with people from Nottingham, like it's worlds colliding. The morning after the show, I woke up uh, four hours after I went to bed and I saw that the Australians, the Australians, Kelly, Scarlett and Kylie were in uh, Murphy Harvester. So I went down and had breakfast with them. And I also saw my friends, uh, Jens Dean, uh, Gemma Lumley, and Steph Blakemore as well at that Harvester. It was a blackout and sapling love fest in Merthyr Harvester. <laughs> so 
but they're all getting together for various things. So come and join the family. Come and join the party. It's a lot of love and we'd love you to, to be involved. Patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. But as always, Sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of the community. Those are the people in the top tiers and they are as follows. Yeah, so the winner of the top us tier is um, Kylie Wheeler, um, one of the Australians. Thank you very much. I apparently now I'm going to have to get four words of her choice tattooed on me. If you don't understand what the fuck I'm talking about, go and have a look at patreon.com for us happening. I'll say no more. Thank you very much, Kylie. Please, please choose four words that mean something to you. I, I, I'm going to go and get it tattooed as soon as possible. So thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler. Kylie Wheeler, Kylie Wheeler, Kylie Wheeler. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mayumi Liwowe, Janelle Castan, Paul Hirschfield, Scarlett Charlton, Tony Michael, Kelly Irwin, Dilly Grimwood, Natasha Morris, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kat Besant, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise. Thank you very much to Amy Louise, who's um, made me t-shirts. Um, one that I wore in Merthyr and one that I'm wearing on Friday, today at Download. Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Stephen Aston, Caroline Robinson, Kate Patek, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Jenny Munster, Jason Aredia, Emily Perry, John and Emma, M. Evans Roberts, Craig Harris, Evan, Kalila Keane, Ollie, my burger turned up Amesbury. Oh, that's what we haven't fucking talked about either. <laughs> Thank you very much. Adam King of the Ghost, Parslow, go check out his band of nightmares. That's not what he's added, put his name as. But, you know, if I was somebody listening to this who had a band, right, and I wanted them to get a shout out, I don't know, each and every fucking Friday to a deadline, I would join the fucking Patreon and then that could happen, couldn't it? Adam Kingle Goss Parslow from The Nightmares. Josh, remember when plastic surgery was a taboo subject? Now you mention Botox and nobody raises an eyebrow crisp. <laughs> I like that. Of course, he fucking would. <laughs> Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Cal David Smith, and last by no means least... Connor Lewins, who I met at Slam Dunk, and he was a fucking top chap, and his sister, Kimberly, is a lovely girl too. Great family. Thank you very much to everybody who's part of the Patreon. Yes, love everyone very, very, very much. We'll be back next week and every Friday with new episodes, special guests, the lowdown from Downloads Festival, and maybe even some surprises before that. So hit subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you for checking it out. Love you very, very much. Love McFly. Love everyone involved. And have a fucking great weekend. Yes, thank you very much for McFly's team for sorting it out. Mm. Um, Charlotte now, isn't it? Charlotte, Steph, Lauren, Michelle, all of them. Every single person. Class. We love them all. We love them all. Yes, thank you very much. And um, cheers to Dougie again. He bought you this. He's not going to fucking listen back. This is, he, he, didn't, he didn't expect anything to happen with the first <laughs> one, did he? So. Sapnin! Sapnin! I fucking hope my voice holds out for tomorrow slash Friday slash today whenever you listen. Fucking hell, Sabnen. Sorry. <laughs> I've got fucking mad. You're listening to Sabnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, Thank you very much.